Today's word was preached by Presbyter Tiago. May the Holy Spirit open up your eyes, ears, hearts, and minds to receive God's word. God bless you. Hey, church. How are you? Good stuff. All right. We'll talk about every, uh, pretty much about everything here in terms of spirituality, praying, fasting, um, um, uh, sin, um, visions, and angels, and all these creepy things. And to, to go beyond that is in the next session, chapter 10. This is where you see the really, the really spooky side of the spiritual realm. If you're not used to angel, angel beings and, and, and spiritual beings and things like that, chapter 10, the next session, is, is the chapter to go. So don't miss this service next time in chapter 10. But uh, we are in chapter 9. <coughs> and uh, before we go into our review, and, and uh, so you don't uh, be caught by um, surprise on where we are in time and chronology and all that, Let's just have a quick word of prayer to engage the, in the Word of God, okay? Just bow our heads where you are. Uh, glorious Father, we, we praise you and thank you for this time together where we can learn about Daniel. And we also are so happy that we can be here as a family and praise you and, and to feel your spirit moving around us, Lord, and giving us the joy to be together and praying for one another and singing songs towards you, Lord. So please edify our faith through the book of Daniel with this chapter 9, may we understand and have wisdom, Lord, that comes from you so we can see you and know you um, personally. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Now, um, as, uh, as I told you before, I was going to give you this all the time, uh, a reason of why this book is so important for, for the entire world, for the for our, for our Christianity, because there's so many different levels of application. You can talk about prophecy, you can talk about personal application. It is not only instructions for the Jews back then, but it's instructions to the Jews nowadays. It is instructions for you and for me, who are the Gentiles. Um, and it is an amazing um, uh, book to, to engage, and that's why we are going through them. Uh, through it. Um, again, Daniel is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. It is a shadow of Jesus. So there will be nothing evil to be spoken about this guy, okay? He is, he is someone who is really up there. And as I study for, so I can bring this to you here, every time this really cracks my heart. I really get up, you know, emotional, and, 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 and sometimes I cry with myself, um, just because it's, um, <laughs> it is so true, and Daniel is so um, humble, Daniel is so uh, real to what he believes and to what he does towards God, that it kind of um, embarrasses me, you know, I feel like, man, I really want to get up there, and, and it's just, you know, we, ha we, are, we fail so much, and, and in, in, uh, but again, the Holy Spirit called this man to be what he was. And the Holy Spirit called you to be who you are. And that's the important part. If we're here today in New Zealand, most of us are, um, are, are not uh, English speakers. Um, and, and we are here for a reason. God has called you for a special reason. If you're sitting there learning this, it's because God has a plan for you no matter who you are and no matter what you do with your life. God loves you and God wants to do something with you. So keep, a, keep an eye on this chapter today. Um, so as in a way of review, obviously, um, uh, we saw last time um, that uh, Pastor Max spoke uh, chapter 7, which is really the uh, same chapter, a very similar chapter to chapter 2. Uh, he reviewed that, and then chapter 8 is a very historical and heavy uh, um, um, uh, book, uh, excuse me, chapter about um, um, the uh, Persian Empire and about um, the Greek Empire with uh, Alexander the Great and all that. So you can go back to our YouTube channel and, uh, and Facebook, and you can watch it again. It is a very important um, uh, lesson for you to go back there. But now we are in the 70 weeks if people know of Daniel, 
they will probably know Daniel because of the 70 weeks, which is in, in chapter 9. So we're going to look into it, obviously, as we go through that. Um, as you know, we are not in chronological order. When you open your Bible, when you go to, through chapter 1, 2, 3 of Daniel, this is not in chronological order. So you can see where we are there. I've, I've spoken about chapter 6 some time ago. Uh, that is probably the last uh, chapter of the life of Daniel. Uh, um, and, but, but you can see the chapter 9 is before the lion's den, that famous story of Daniel being put into the lion's den. So, um, but we are there in 538 B.C. And as we go through, you will see that it is well documented historically. So everything that we, we say here is, it, it happened. It's not a, a fairy tale. It's not something that someone wrote in the second century or, uh, you know, uh, literature. No. <laughs> this is actually a documentation, a historical documentation that will prove um, history, you know, alongside many kings and dates that are important. So that alone could tell us that we believe in a real God. We believe in a real Bible. And nothing here is out of place. Um, so, se session eight, the 70 weeks, some people will call Daniel 9 the interrupted prayer because you will see this man of God praying, praying intensely, uh, intention, uh, intensely, and he will uh, show you how a prayer is answered, really, because um, um, you can see the division there. Daniel will start praying as he reads his Bible. He will start praying because he's recognizing something. And then Gabriel, uh, the angel, visit, visits him. So obviously this Gabriel um, is the same Gabriel you find in Luke talking to Mary, the mother of Jesus. It's the same angels, the same guy uh, um, bringing a message, a messianic message um, to a servant of God. And then we'll close this chapter with uh, the famous uh, so-called 70 weeks of Daniel. All right? Are you ready? Let's go into the Bible. If you have your paper Bibles, I encourage you to go marking and do some notes in there. You know, uh, if not, they will be on the screen there, chapter 1, uh, excuse me, verse 1. And then you can just follow through uh, with me on the screen. It reads this way, verse 1, In the first year of Darius, the son of Asuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Let me give you a little bit of background so you understand this verse. Now we are reading that there is a uh, Gentile king called Darius. It is his first year in power. Before him was Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylon Empire. Obviously, you know all that. It ended in chapter 5 with, with, with the taking over of Babylon by the Persians. This is the first king in place. So, um, supposedly, after 70 years, the Jews were to be free according to the book of Jeremiah. And Daniel is reading this thing on his devotional time. You see, Daniel, 2,500 years ago, was reading his Bible, all right? He is meditating on what his prophet, what Jeremiah had said. And here, uh, he's clearly meditating over and understanding that um, the, um, the Lord um, had spoken through Jeremiah that the captivity of the Jews in Babylon would take 70 years. Well, it's over. What now? So something that uh, we got to really um, crack on the first verse here is this. Okay, something else that you have to question is what was Daniel doing? He was reading his Bible. He was reading what he had. He had maybe a couple, couple books. Maybe he had the Torah. I don't know. But he certainly had the book of Jeremiah, which you have in your laps today. And he, and he found out, he understood that it was time to be free. So there's no more captivity, and the Lord promised. We sing this today, your promise still stands. No, he promised will be fulfilled. 
So if God promised you something, he will fulfill that in your life. You cannot run away from it. You go around circles. You may go down 40 years in the desert, let me tell you. But God will catch you, okay? Verse 3, I set my face unto the Lord God, says Daniel, to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and I made my confession. Now, very important verse 2 because it says here, praying, fasting, and sackcloth and ashes. Now, these are the ways the Jews um, made their uh, prayers towards God. You see, as Christians, we have um, other denominations that only pray kneeling down. Uh, we have um, other denominations that praying standing up. The Jews, if you go to Jerusalem, they pray like that in front of the wall, okay? So they have their reasons for that. But here, the, the old a ancient e uh, Israel, it was common for them to pray, to fast. And when they had something to protest, they would use sackcloth and they would uh, uh, throw ashes on their heads to protest against something, okay? And um, he says here that I made my confession, okay? It's something that he wants to put out. He wants to really speak up, okay, and, and confess. But I want to make my point about fasting here, okay? We almost always see in the Bible a spiritual response after you fasting, okay? I don't know if you have the, um, uh, the, 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 um, um, the habit, thank you, for fasting, but it's a big deal in terms of spiritual life. Okay, you will see, I've, I'm, I'm giving you some, some uh, um, reference there that I remember. You see, Den uh, Deuteron Deuteronomy 9, Moses, before the giving of the law, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. It's probably the first fasting um, reference you have in the Bible. You've got in First in Kings, you've got Elijah fasting in the cave. You've got Esther fasting before she uh, went to speak to the king. You've got Daniel here in chapter 1, chapter 6, chapter 9, chapter 10. Now, this guy knew what he was doing in terms of fasting. you got Matthew 4. This is when uh, Jesus was tempted in the desert. He also fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. Uh, you got Acts 10 with Peter. you got Acts 13 with Paul. Okay? And you got the famous Matthew 17. That is, there are some demons that only come out with prayer and fasting. Okay? So there's a spiritual battle, guys, is real. Okay? So um, it's up to you to really pay attention to that. And in my opinion here, this is now my opinion, okay? Fasting speaks of humility before God, before yourself to show you how humble you are at that moment. And it's also considered a personal sacrifice. Do you need to do any other sacrifice than what Christ did in the cross? Obviously not. But there is a space for you to keep the Sabbath, if you like, for you to um, do um, uh, regard uh, foods that are better for you to praise God. There is a space for that if you like, if you wish. The Bible does not condemn that. The Bible only calls that a, a weak faith, okay? But here is the same. You, 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 it's a personal sacrifice, something that you do. It's not something that it is to be done by a force or, or anything like that. It is not a commandment. It's not something that you actually, you know, if you don't do this, you lose that. No, but this is a personal uh, thing that you find yourself and, and find when it's good for you, there's a beginning, there's an end, there's a way of doing, knowing your limitations. We could spend a good amount of time speaking of fasting, and I like this subject because this is a well-misunderstanding subject about uh, in the Bible. I'll leave this to you, okay? But Daniel was a champion on this thing. He knew what to do. Remember? Oh, um, you can go back to our YouTube and watch it again. <coughs> He continues there, and I said, and said, O Lord, <coughs> the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and 
to teach him and to them that keep his commandments. Okay, it's just Daniel really emphasizing who God is. Verse 5, we have sinned. So that's his confession, okay? We have sinned. And I and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by the, the departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy uh, servants, the prophets, with the sp spake in, in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to, our, uh, and to all the people of the land. Now, here, you and me, we are without excuses as the word of God has come to us already. So here is, is Daniel saying, look, I have committed sin. We as a nation have committed sin. I know that we went through 70 years of troubles, and I am going to confess that we've done wrong. We didn't hear the prophets. We didn't hear uh, the teachers. Here's the saying for you and for me. We have no excuses if we become bad husbands, if we become bad parents, if we become bad wives. If we become bad servants, because we are being presented the truth, the guidance of Christ right here, right now. How many years are you in church and you are listening to the same word? So this is the same thing. So when you are supposedly to um, um, confess your sin, do it like Daniel. We must acknowledge our mistakes before God, okay? Seven, verse 7, O Lord, righteousness belongs unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near, and they are far off through all the countries um, whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee, O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face. To our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. When you sin, my friend, you get blind, 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 blind. Now, how important is it to us to remember how sinful and confused we are? There are things that we do, lies, betrayal, actions, pornography, drugs, all that stuff that back in the day you probably thought it's all good to do it it's fine to do it or sometimes you got to a level of sin like I became back in my life that it was okay and I didn't even feel regret or remorse of doing it but when you realize even rationally that sin is something that kills and destroys that what you're practicing is evil, you must remember and understand, oh my God, I am a sinful person. Obviously, this is only done by the Spirit of God. We cannot do that by our own strength. But by preaching this to you and to me, I believe faith will be added on. Because faith comes by what? Hearing the Word of God. That's what we're doing here. Nine, to the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Ye, O Israel, have transgressed thy law, even by departing that they, may, they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is, is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. Now, obviously, he's making reference of Deuteronomy 28, where if they do this, they shall be blessed. But if they don't do that, they shall be cursed. So this is ma making reference to the Torah, okay? Verse 12, And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us, and against our judges, and ju uh, ju that judged us, by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath done upon Jerusalem, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayers before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Very interesting here, because he says like that, nothing here uh, 
that was done to Jerusalem has happened before. Now, if you stop to study what happened there uh, in, in the sieges of Nebuchadnezzar in Jerusalem before they were taken captive, they had to do cannibalism. They had to kill themselves and feed on each other. This is, th that was, Daniel here is just saying, look, nothing, I've never seen anything like that. And the, and the things that happened to us, because of the evil we caused, they were, they were advised us, they told us that that, wasn't go that was going to happen, and we didn't hear it. See, we're going to preach about um, um, end of times here. I'm going to give you exactly the time where you are, where we are in time towards the clock of God, in regarding to the clock of God. I'm going to give you the proper time when this Antichrist and this evil man that is supposed to take over the world and perform miracles and be this political leader that will be um, in, in this new um, regime of, of uh, global regime, and even with this preaching and giving you the facts, people won't hear it. What you have to do, what I have to do, is to keep preaching the word of God alone. It is the only way faith will come and be added on. Amen? I want to show you something else. Look at this. Daniel says, Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord of our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. They went through hell and still they didn't search out for God. Still they didn't want to learn. That's how bad the situation was. So for 70 years, they were slaves of Babylon, okay? And then verse 14, Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he does. For we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with mighty hand and has gotten thee renowned. As at this day we have seen, we have done wickedly. So repeatedly uh, he is saying that he has seen. But something else that I, mu I must point out here, the fact that God took the people out of Egypt back in Exodus is here well-renowned that God is remembered for doing that all over. And until today, we know there was no strength, there was no power of any man that made the Israelites to flee from Egypt and to open the Red Sea. It was, in fact, God who did it. And he did that by grace. He did that by mercy. And he loved, loved you, loves you, and loves me every day because of his grace and because of his mercy. Not because of our strength, of our knowledge, of something that we can do to help on his ministry here in this earth. But it's by his own mercy and grace that he's do he does that. Verse 16, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain. Because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem, thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear thy, the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord. Lord's sake. Oh my God. Have you prayed this way? Have you prayed desperately? Crying and in anguish? Lord, take away your, your fury. Take away and bring your mercies towards us. See that the sanctuary is desolate. See my family is destroyed. See my, my wife, my, my children, what I've done. I am wrong, he's saying. I am wrong. We did wrong. He's not trying to, to find excuses. You see, Lord, because <laughs> you gave us a hard time, you know. Like we were in hunger for some time. And you see, we didn't have a big army. So obviously we, we, we ended up doing that. We, we, see, he's not trying to find excuses. Oh, Lord, there was the woman you gave me. There was her. She did that. The prayer here is true. The prayer here is real and intense 
and it's going to go intenser now. Okay, you see it? Verse 18, O my God, incline thy ear, and hear, open thy eyes, and behold our desolations, and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteous, righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God. For thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Get the anguish. Get the despair. Get the, you, you can feel it as you read it. You can, you can understand this man is just completely surrendered. God expects us to pray this way. God expects sometimes to, to say, darling, take the kids I'm going to go into the other room and I'm going to pray. I'm going to go pray a little bit. And this is where you just pour out. Just pour out. It is not by my righteous thought, but it's for by your own great mercy. I need you. I need you for that visa. I need you for that healing. I need you. I need you because I've done wrong and I, I don't deserve. But because your mercy is great, because your grace is sufficient, I can reach heaven. Isn't that phenomenal? You can go to heaven because God loves us. Verse 20, this is where the, uh, the um, supernatural happens. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. Now, he's, Daniel is still counting the evening oblation or the time of the, the, the Jews would kill the sacrifice in the temple. There's no more temple for 20 years, but this guy is still like ruling his life according to God's clock. <laughs> Not according to Babylon or Persians or anything like that. If you are a God, you are gods. And that's it. <laughs> okay, so verse 22. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, this is Gabriel speaking now. Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding at the beginning of thy supplications the commandment come forth and I am come to show you for that thou art greatly beloved get this therefore understand the matter and consider the vision the messenger this angel Gabriel he comes and says I've come to bring you a message because you are greatly beloved now Daniel has already touched the heart of God many times. Daniel is well known in heaven. You are well known in heaven already. Every time a saint says, Lord, forgive me, I want you in my heart. You are the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who saves me now. There is a party in heaven. There is a feast in heaven, and the angels rejoice. And you and I, we are well known in heaven for this. So when you do your things, day in, day out, when you come to the church, when you go to work, when you tell your kids a story, when you, you have your wife, the heavens watch you. The demons watch you. The angels watch you. And they see the real servant of God you are. So here's Gabriel. I came because you were a great beloved. And now I'll give you the understand of this. That you are reading and you don't know what's happening. But I will tell you now. So this is where the 70 weeks of Daniel will come in place. <coughs> and this is where many people get confused. Because it's well, it's well explained, but it's only four verses. <laughs> So, I had a hard time when I learned the first time I learned about this. I had a hard time because I didn't understand this breakage, this breakdown that you see there. I didn't get it. Now, the, the, the explanation of the angel to uh, Daniel about things that there are to happen 
in, in, in his time, obviously, and in the time of a newer future, and I, I dare to say a time of our near future also, um, is that it's well um, divided into four different phases. The first one is, an, uh, is a summary, the scope of what is coming. So the angel will speak in verse 24 of as, as a summary of th the, three next, the three next verses. Do you follow? So he will say what's going to happen in, in verse 24, about 25, 26, and 27, in only one sentence. And then in 25, uh, 25 26, 27, uh, will be three different, uh, three different subjects uh, to different times, to different people. So, um, I mean, not different people, but people involved, but um, it's only one vision that stretches out in the line of time, okay? So get this. Verse 24, Daniel, uh, uh, the angel says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, okay? Something very important that when you read your Bible in a devotional way you don't do is to stop. You just read it as a book. Fine, there is a place for that. I've just learned by experience in my own, uh, um, this is me, my view, um, that when I read the Bible, I like to read slow. I like to go back to what I've just read and understand what is being said. Verse 24 says, yes, 70 weeks are determined. To whom? To whom? To Pastor Jamerson? To the church? 70 weeks are determined upon your people, Daniel, in your holy city. So there's nothing to do with me. It is to do with the people of Daniel. The first thing you got to understand. So let, what's the deal of these 70 weeks that is also a bit confusing? The calendar of, of the Jew, they divide their, their festivities into weeks. So they call it days of, uh, weeks of days, weeks of weeks, weeks of months, weeks of years, okay? That's how they call it. So we are talking on weeks of years in this situation. So 70 weeks are determined, okay, upon thy people and upon thy holy city, all right? Okay, why? Let's, let's hear why. The verse continues. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the, the most holy. So God has a purpose here. Just like he did with Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4, he gave Nebuchadnezzar seven years, remember? In seven years, you're going to become a beast, you're going to eat grass, and then after that, you're going to become good again. And then you're going to have your kingdom again, and so on. The same thing here. There will be 70 weeks given, and those 70 weeks will be pe a period of time that God wants to deal with Israel to treat their transgression, their sin, the, the reconciliation of iniquity, like stop doing what, the evil what you're doing, and they will bring everlasting righteousness to the people, and obviously the, uh, the most important part, God will be known. That's what God wants. God wants to be known by your life by what you do, by your family, by your children. People, he wants people of the world to look at you, your marriage, your family, and say, these are servants of the most God, the most high. That's what it is. Um, but when I first studied this, I like, okay, but why? What did the Jew do so bad that they have to go through all this process? 70 weeks. Look Chapter 19, verse 41 and 42, there's a very good explanation for this. Now, Jesus is coming down the Mount of Olives on a, on a donkey, and he speaks out loud this way. And when he was come near and beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hast known, even thou, at least this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. When the Jews rejected Christ, Christ declared blindness to them. And they now have to face, they, they cannot um, uh, go into this 
peace or that belonged to them. Because it's o- it was already uh, spoken in Daniel, like we are going through now. They are through a period of iniquity. They need to be treated. Like you and I, sometimes we go through very hard periods of our lives, so we don't know why. Those, the tribulation that we go through increases our experience and gives hope. Pastor Jemison preached about that last week. Here, they have to be treated. But this judgment, because they didn't recognize Jesus Christ, they decided not to believe. They will have a harder portion. The things that belong to their peace are now hidden from their eyes. So they need to go through 70 weeks to be um, treated, okay? Okay, so this is the scope. This is the uh, summary. But then in verse 25, it starts the explanation. The the, uh, 69th week, okay, so to say. Verse 25, now therefore I understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three scores and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in trouble sometimes. Don't let the King James kind of twist you there because it's not an easy reading. But it gives you a period of time and that's what you have to understand. It says here that know therefore and to understand that from... The going forth of the commandment to restore the building of Jerusalem. Remember, Jerusalem is destroyed, right? The temple is destroyed. So he says, yes, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, this is the city, unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three score in two weeks. So 69. So there's a period of time that from that decree that the city will be built again in Persian dominion, in Persian allowance, until this Mashiach, the prince, appears. There will be 69 weeks. That's what you have to understand about this verse. Okay? Now, important here, this word Mashiach, the prince, Mashiach Nagid, this is a word that um, uh, we find in Zechariah 9, 9, it's a prophecy, and it's interesting that it, this prophecy is perfect um, fulfilled with Jesus on a donkey. Get this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. This is Jerusalem. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lonely and riding upon a donkey and upon a coat of the, uh, the fowl of, of an ass. Who is this guy? Who is this guy riding a donkey? This is in Zechariah. This is... This is probably 400 years before Jesus. I'll read, you, I'll read you in the Luke 19. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had, they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I'm sure you've done this in the school. When you did about um, Christmas and all that stuff, isn't it? <laughs> so here they're quoting Psalm 118. They are declaring the Mashiach. They are declaring the king, Mashiach Nagid. And then there comes the Pharisees to help us and say, Some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, saying to Jesus, Rebuke your disciples. You ask yourself, why? Why did they do that? Because the Pharisees understood the people were declaring him king. Obviously, that was not a purpose for Jesus at that time. But in all um, situations, Jesus never allowed them to say he is the Messiah. Never. But this here is the only part that the Mashiach Nagid appears and Jesus says, next verse, 40. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should not hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. So it's like, this is a very good metaphor that if you, Dora, doesn't say that I am the king, this chair will open a mouth and will speak that I am. Because this is the time. This is exactly the time. So we know the 69 weeks of 
of uh, Daniel here, they go from the commandment of rebuilding the, 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 the city towards that triumphal entry, okay? There's a lot of um, uh, mathematics here, which doesn't matter really for us because the Bible clearly see, says uh, the period of time, and I've just presented this to you. But we also know for a fact that it was in 445 B.C. that this king from Persia, Artaxerxes, um, in the book of Nehemiah says, okay, you guys can go and build the city again. This is verse 25 of Daniel 9. From there on, until that triumphal entry of Jesus Christ, 69 weeks were given to, um, to the people of Israel. And many of those things happen, or, uh, many things happen inside that period of time. You can study that for yourself. That's not, a, that's not is the, the focus right now. But then, verse 26, it goes into something that we call interval. You've got the 69 weeks, and between the 70th week, there's an interval. Let's read about it. And after the three score in two weeks, uh, shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. So after the 69th week, okay, after, it's important when you read, you stop and you analyze that. After the 69th week, the Messiah shall be killed. What? This for the Jew is a big dandy. It's massive. The Jewish people would never say that their king Messiah would be killed. But there is, in black and white, 500 years before Jesus, Daniel writing it down saying, Yo, Jesus will die. And what for? Not for himself, <laughs> but for you and for me. Jesus didn't die for his own pleasure or for his own glory. He died for your glory, for my glory. So we can say today that we conquer death by Christ. <laughs> we can go to heaven by Christ. He shall be cut out in the Hebrew there. It's to be killed, eliminate, execute. All right? <coughs> now, the, the verse here says the people... Of the prince shall come, shall destroy the city. Now the city just, I just told you the city was to be rebuilt. Okay? But 400 years later, the, 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 the people that came, which is in 70 AD, Rome, we know this historically, that they destroyed the city again. Okay? So in this interval of time, this period of time, not only Messiah will be dead, but the, the people of this prince that we're going, we're going to go into it now, shall come and destroy the city again. We know that was Rome who destroyed the city. We know it. So we know that the springs, the so-called Antichrist, will come from Rome. We know that. There's no argument about that. Okay? The prince that shall come. Now, who is this prince of destruction that is yet to come? Okay? It's in interesting that you have to read in the verbal tense, shall come. It's yet future, okay? Now, obviously, he's, this is the man of sin. This is the, we call him, we call him the Antichrist. It's not a proper term, but uh, he, he has got 33 um, names in the Old Testament, 13 names in the New Testament. You can, you can lose yourself in that. You want to talk more about that? Come talk to me later. We're just going to go mental over, over coffee and, and, and dinner and, and breakfast and lunch and dinner again and we can keep you know a whole week talking about this stuff okay so so this prince this antichrist he is to appear and he is to um uh, he he comes from the people who uh will destroy the the, the city which is wrong but important fact here is that not part of the interval but it's yet future the interval is the destruction of the city the prince is something of the future yet okay so this is in in a graphic for you to see the interval you see the verse 25 who speaks of the 69 weeks and then verse 26 who speaks of the is interval and this is where uh the crucifixion crucifixion happens this is where jerusalem is destroyed this is where the desolations that talks about you see the u uh, o, o and u okay 
um, the Muslim and, and, and Hitler, what he did was all inside this interval. And obviously, this is where the church era is. The chur church era has an end, guys. In Rome 11, says that he, this is going to come into a fullness. You are in a very privileged time right now. You have the chance to live the best of God in the best country with the best mercy and yet see all this being fulfilled. And I dare to also say, this is my opinion based in Revelation 3.10, that the rapture of the church will occur in this interval. Okay? Now there's more intervals in the Bible. We can talk about that later as well, but uh, the important part here is to understand that it will come to an end with Romans 11:25. But then we go to the last verse, which is probably the most important verse and, and well-misunderstood verse. Verse 27. He shall confirm who is he? The man of sin, the prince that shall come from the other verse. That's a, a little bit of a uh, interpretation, uh, text interpretation. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Okay? Which week is that? The seventh week. He will confirm a covenant. In, 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 in the original there is an enforcement of covenant. They're like, you either do this or, okay? So the, he's going to make this in place. He's going to do this in a covenant in, for one week. But in the middle of this week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of, abominations, of the, uh, abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and the determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So a very hard reading. You have no idea. I've been reading this verse for five years, <laughs> six years. Reading and reading and reading and reading and thinking and, 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 and just screaming and, and really making notes and thinking about it. Um, but in, in different, different um, verses, you should, you should have more uh, versions. You should have more than one version of Bible, really. You shouldn't have your in Portuguese, in the Philippines there. You should have your in Philippines. But you shouldn't have that in, in the old English, in the new English. And you should be able to read it through. Okay? Um, but here, obviously, it, it takes you to Matthew 24, where Jesus is with their disciples in private in the Mount of Olives. They, they ask Jesus about the coming of the, of the Christ and what things would happen in the end of times. Now, I love those guys because they asked the questions I was going to ask them. If I was there with Jesus, I was going to ask the same thing. Jesus, what's going to happen in the end of times? Tell us what's going to be when you come back. And then, obviously, there's a briefing, a briefing about that that we call Matthew 24. And I encourage you to read that. But the most important path for our study here today is in verse 15, 16, and on. It says here, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, okay, by Daniel you stand in the holy place, whose readeth, let him understand, then let them which in Judea flee into the mountains. So again here, we really see that we are reading something that Daniel spoke in chapter 9, in verse 27. The abomination that causes desolation, and it is spoken by Daniel. So Jesus is giving reference to that. So verse 24 is about that. Uh, excuse me, chapter 24 of Matthew is about what we're studying today. Then let them which in Judea flee into the mountains. What's that all about? Let's read this. Verse 17 to 20 in, ver in Matthew 24. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Then let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child. And to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Interesting that this is completely towards the... Jew, you and I, we don't have to worry about the Sabbath, do we? We don't have to flee to any mountains in Judea. I'm in New Zealand. <laughs> I might flee to Remarkables. Well, yeah, we're not going to be here when this happened, but uh, this is completely towards the Jew. That's the important reading here, okay? 
And then verse 21 and 22 says, For then shall be great tribulation, okay, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no nor ever shall be, and except those days shall be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, uh, those days shall be shortened. Very important verse as well because it says it never, ever happened such a great tribulation time in the world and never, ever will happen again. So Jesus is the one who names this thing great tribulation, this period that we call great tribulation. People try to say that the world, oh, the world is better now. You should see the, 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 the Black Plague and the 1600s and, and the 1300s. That, that was an evil period. You know, well, you, we are living in a time where <laughs> to uh, man with man is, is, is royalty. Women with women is royalty. Abortion is great. Killing babes is great. Let's give funds for that. Let's pay up. It's my body. It's my decision. It's me, my, me. Or if, you, if you caught yourself virus, that's because you didn't wear the mask. If you, because you didn't do it. You, you, you. I was here. I was protected. I, 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 I. You see the, the contrast I'm trying to bring here? With God is about the next. With God is about you caring for the next. Even when they slap you in the face. With God is about mercy and grace. When we slap God in the face, when we spat on Him in the cross, when we, we saw Him bleeding, we did that. What did He do? God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He showed us mercy. So that's, that's where the Word of God comes in. So there is a time of great tribulation that has never been seen before, and this is in verse 27 of Daniel 9. I'll give you a little bit of a graphic here so you, under, you understand a bit better before we finish this. There was 69 weeks in the time of Daniel. Okay? That was the rebuild of Jerusalem. There was an interval. In this interval, the crucifixion happened. Jeru Jerusalem uh, was, was destroyed again. This is in the time uh, uh, of, of the apostles. Okay? The, the church era started in Acts chapter 2, okay? And then there comes this seven-year period that we call the 70, 70 weeks of Daniel. It is a covenant that this man of sin, this antichrist, um, will um, create with Israel. So and obviously we divide those two in three and a half years portions. Why? Because in the middle of this week, in the middle of those seven years, uh, the Antichrist will break this deal. He will put an idol, an abomination, inside the temple of Israel, and he will stop the sacrifice, and the Jew will go crazy about it. Because obviously, if you know a little bit of Jewishness, don't touch the temple, <laughs> don't, don't come close to our religion. That's, that's all about. So this time is where this last portion of the seven years that we call Great Tribulation that the world has never seen before and then will never see again. And this is a well-known name, uh, Great Tribulation. But you'll find this in Jacob's Trouble in Jeremiah 30. You'll find this name called 42 months in Revelation 13. You'll find um, uh, 1260 days. In Revelation 11 and in Revelation 12. So there's, there's a little bit of reading, a little bit of studying. Well, Daniel, that's what Daniel did, wasn't it? He was sitting down, reading his Bible to understand what God is doing. That's what God is calling us to do. Nothing else. Nothing else. He's calling us to preach his word, to be in his word, to dive into it, to really get to know who God is. Okay. So what to do with all that, people? What to do with all that? Verse uh, 28 of Luke 21 really speaks of what to do. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up, up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. These things already started to pass. We are probably the last generation before things get worse. It's up to you to look up or not. 
I will look up. The Bible tells us to. Now Daniel, he gave time to read and to get to know God. Do you give time? Are you giving time to reading, to studying, to pray, to fast? Now the supernatural of God will happen when you seek understanding in Him. We saw that in verse 2. The supernatural of God will happen when you seek Him. Not when you do something crazy with your feet or, or if you speak in tongues because you think you should speak. The supernatural of God happens when you seek Him. What do you pray, how do you have to pray for, to fast for? That's, you know, Daniel had his reasons. We have our reasons also. Yeah, we are, we are praying here as a church during the week. We are praying um, uh, those four uh, topics monthly. We're well, well, well organized to make this thing happen as a group. And there's only good things coming out of it. We have a lot to fast. We have a lot to say, I'll give you a break of this or that for this and for that amount of time. You want to know more about fasting? Come talk to me later. We'll talk about it. What sin do you have to protest with sackcloth and ashes? What do you have to confess to God? Is there your pornography? Is there your lack of commitment to your wife? Is there your lack of commitment to your children? Is there your lack of commitment in the church? You see, we are failure creatures, man. We, we are all going to commit those things, all of us. The reality here is that we know that in here we can find healing. Out there, we cannot. We need to be treated. We need to be looked after. I count with your prayer. I count with your word of encouragement to my life. This is how church is. And this is how church goes. Let's stand up for a word of prayer. Next time, chapter 10. The glimpse to the dark side. A lot of angelic beings and all that spook stuff. You love it. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we praise you as a church. We praise you because we can come before you with a thanksgiving heart and know you, Lord. Know you not only by hearing about you, but knowing you by personal relationship. You created man so you could walk with him in the garden, thank you for such an amazing time together as a family. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here today. Thank you, Lord, so we have time to be here praising you, reading your gospel, reading your, your Bible, learning from you, and really committing our life, our families, our time, everything that we have. So we can come know the God of Daniel. Thank you, Lord, for this chance. Please, Lord, bless us all. Take us home with safety. Also, our brothers and sisters uh, scattered in the world. They're being persecuted, suffering from this virus. Lord, we don't take this lightly. We know that we are in a very good position right now. We know that we are healthy. We know that we are happy and that we enjoy such a good time together with good food good drinking good conversation a great joy that comes from your spirit thank you may we lord as sons of god realize what we have to do until all those things come to pass may we lift up our heads and wait for our redemption that comes near it is in the jesus most glorious name that we pray our Mashiach Nagidon, our Mashiach, the, the Prince, the King, that we pray those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today and stay tuned for our next podcast. You can also check our Facebook page, Instagram, and YouTube channel. The All Nations Abba Church wishes you a great week in the presence of God. May the Lord bless you and keep you all. See you next time.